It's good to be back. If you guys don't know, I just came back from a trip. I went to the, I went to the United States of America. I don't know why I just felt led to say the, the full name. <laughs> I, went to, I went to the States. Uh, it was my first time back in uh, three years. And so um, last Sunday when the IHOP speakers came, I was not here. But I heard you guys had a good time. Amen? Yeah, yeah I heard like there were people all over the floor. There was all kinds of like crazy stuff. People were yelling, screaming, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, I heard everyone just had an amazing time. If you had a good time, say, I had a good time. Yeah, them people in the back had a great time. I heard them way back there. I had a good time. Mm, hallelujah. But, you know, it was so funny because I was at home. I was at home and I, I actually don't have internet at my house. I live in North Carolina. I live in this like, my house is like kind of in the boonies. Not North Carolina. North Carolina isn't the boonies. We have some big cities, you know, like two. And uh, But where I grew up, actually I'm a country boy at heart. I grew up in the country, like, you know, like maybe three, four stoplights, not really that big. And um, when I went home, I was expecting like, yeah, you know, I have Internet, so I'll be connected. I'll still know what's going on. And I'd get home and my mom's like, we don't have Internet. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have Internet? <laughs> like, I can live with no cable, but no Internet. And so, but my mom had Internet, like she had like 3G on her phone. And so I was like checking up on New Philly on my phone and I was just seeing these pictures like all pixelated, like real small. I was like, that looks like people are on the ground. And then uh, everyone told me later that you guys had an amazing time. And so I'm really blessed to hear about that. And I also want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for praying for me while I was gone. Um, yeah, it was really an amazing time. I don't know how to put in the words going home. For the first time, but when I, as soon as I stepped off the plane and I walked through and I saw my mother and my brother and sister, and then also my grandmother, my grandmother actually like drove like five hours to come see me at the airport. And, uh, but no one cried. I know that sounds weird, but apparently like my brother and sister lectured my mom the entire way. And they're like, mom, don't cry. Don't embarrass us in the airport. She's like, I won't, I won't. And so instead of crying, she just like headlocked me real strong. And like, so I was like, I missed you. I was like, I missed you too, mom. And so, but God did such amazing things though when I went back home. And today's message is really, it's kind of in part me sharing a testimony of what happened when I went back home and also kind of what God taught me. When I went back home, I mean, so many people whenever right before I was about to leave about, I guess it was two weeks ago now. And it was like the Sunday before I left, or I guess was it the Monday, the 16th. And everyone I saw at the church was like, you know, oh, I'll see you next week. And I was like, oh, well, I won't see you next week. And then people would be like, you know, I'm so excited for you. Right. And you ever had anything happen where like everyone, like other people are more excited for you than like you are? Like, that's kind of how I felt. And I went, like, I would talk to people. I'm like, I'm going back home. And everyone would be like, I'm so excited for you. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm excited. You're excited for me, you know. But it was so funny because even though, I mean, I'd been praying about going back to the States. I'd been praying about seeing my family for the first time. But I guess I felt really weird. I didn't really know how to feel. 
And I was, I was kind of expecting for me to go home and like be like anointed pastor Marcus minister and just like step home and be like, you know, break that off in Jesus name. I bind that in Jesus name. This is what the Lord is saying in Jesus name. You know, like I thought I was going to be like giving all these prophetic bombs and like my family getting all this breakthrough because my family background, my family's not Christian. I grew up in, in a very abusive household. There's a lot of hurt, a lot of pain um, in my home, in my household. And so, I don't know, just doing so much healing and deliverance here in Korea, I guess I kind of expected that I'd just like kick through the door and just walk in like super Marcus, you know. <laughs> but when I went home, God did, he did so much, but it was totally in a different way. And that's kind of what the message is about today. So before I say anything else, let's bow our heads and I'll pray for us. Father, we thank you so much um, that you are good. And we thank you, God, that, oh Lord, that your dwelling place is with us, God. And thank you, Father, that, that Lord, that you really empower us and equip us, Lord, to be vessels of your healing, to be vessels of your freedom. And God, I pray that today, Lord, as I share and as I preach the word, that God, that you would empower your people today. That God, you would encourage your people. God, I thank you for the outpouring and the the great blessing that came last week. And Father, we just say, God, that you would take that. And Lord, I pray that, Father, that you would really propel us forward from that place, God. And I pray, Father, that the word today would really help to do that, God. I pray that, Father, that you would encourage your people, strengthen us. Father, as I preach your word, I pray that you would give me your wisdom, your clarity, your anointing to do so. Father, we bind every work of the devil. And we thank you for your goodness once again. It's in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen. So the biggest thing that God taught me when I went back home was that I'm a carrier of his anointing. I'm a carrier of his kingdom. I know that doesn't sound like a boom shakalaka kind of revelation. You know, I know it may not sound like something where you're like, oh, you know, I'm a carrier. But for me, it was such a powerful revelation. It was such a powerful expression to see God move and use me in that way and to teach me a lesson that I just simply that I carry his anointing, simply that he lives in me. And see, what God was teaching me was that because I carry his anointing and because Jesus Christ lives in me, the hope of glory, because he lives in me, because his power is upon me, as it says in Isaiah 61, right? The spirit of the Lord God is what? Upon me. For the Lord has anointed me. Like, you know, we're anointed. Amen. We are anointed. Like, it's not just like the minister. It's not just the preacher. We all are anointed. It continues to say in that chapter, it says, they shall be called, they, not one person, they shall be called priests and ministers of our God. We all are anointed. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that when we, when we come to that revelation, we begin to realize, hey, you know, I'm anointed. Hey, I carry his kingdom. I carry the Holy Spirit. I carry his power. It doesn't matter where we go or what we do. We can be vessels of transformation. It doesn't matter who we talk to. It doesn't matter how dark the place is. When we walk into that place, our very presence changes the atmosphere. 
so many times we go into different places and different environments. And when we step in, we believe that the environment has more power over us than we do over the environment. Like this past Friday, we did 1038, like our outreach. And, and some of us went to the bars in Itaewon. And uh, it, was, it was fun. I mean, like going to the bars. I mean, I'd, other than outreach, I've not really been to a bar in like a long time. So like when I step in, it was like, whoa, this is a bar. And they sell alcohol here. Like people are getting drunk. It's like, Jesus, are you here? And like when I was in that place, even this past Friday, when we walked in, it was funny. I went, we went to uh, Sam Ryan's, I believe it was myself, um, my sister Lisa, as well as a brother, Matt, who goes to Hillside. And it was so funny that when we walked in, it's like immediately we stepped into a, a different atmosphere, a darker atmosphere. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, what am I going to do here? Like, can I, I'm not going to stand on a chair and start preaching. Like, you know, it's like, repent, repent, put down your Budweiser, repent, you know, like not saying beer is bad. I'm just saying that, um, and you walk into dark places or we walk into places where maybe people debauchery or whatever is going on around us. And a lot of times we, we feel like that atmosphere will change us more than we can change the atmosphere. And it's because we don't have the revelation of the fact that we are carriers, that we are anointed. That we carry the presence of God. We carry it everywhere we go. And that was the biggest thing that God taught me when I went home. Like, like I said, right? I, I expected to walk through the door, kick through the door like I was like a kung fu ninja. And then just start prophesying and preaching. And like just doing all these like, you know, signs and wonders. There's going to be gold dust in my house. Like all kinds of crazy stuff, right? I was expecting like just power. Like, just to hug my mom and she, like, fall to the ground. Like, I catch her as she falls. Like, <laughs> like y'all think I'm playing, but I was actually, like, I was expecting different stuff like this to happen. And then um, I go home, and it was, like, not like that at all. <laughs> it's like the moment I would even start, my mom would, like, cut me off. I was like, how'd she do that? That was good, you know? But, like, God taught me that, I don't have to work to cause transformation to happen. I don't have to strive to cause transformation to happen. So many, like, I thought that I needed to sit in the closet of my house and maybe pray in tongues for about an hour and then come out and then I would bring transformation. But what God showed me was that the minute I stepped into my home, things shifted. The minute I just sat there and began to relate to the people around me, things began to shift. The minute I just had a conversation with my younger brother, things in his, his mind, things in his soul began to get set in right alignment. You know, it's crazy testimony with my little sister. My little sister, she, she is, uh, she's something else. I love her to death. And, uh, but she, all she wears is black. All she, all she wears is black all the time. And she like got her hair real long and she's got like pink stripes in her hair. And she just recently got like both her lips pierced. It's very interesting. I saw her. I was like, how'd you do that? (laughs) And, uh, but I saw her and immediately as I saw her, I saw that she was carrying a lot of hurt and a lot of pain from a lot of the things that have happened. Like, I mean, just growing up in an abusive household. I mean, all of us suffered in so many ways, but as soon as I saw her, I could just kind of feel the pain that she was carrying. I could feel the rejection 
And then as soon as we get home, she runs to her room. She closes the door. I like peek inside her room and everything in her room is like covered in like black. And then I'm, I, I hear this music coming from her room and it's like, it's like this heavy metal stuff. I'm not dissing heavy metal. I'm just saying what, what she, whatever she was listening to was like, I was like, this is demonic. I don't even understand like what they're saying. He's like, oh, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like Taylor, what are you listening to? She's like, I love this song. I'm like, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this song has no musical anyways, but I like try to cut on some praise music, right? And she's like not having it. She like cut it off, cut back on the screamathon, and and like the whole time she's in there, and she's just by herself the entire time, and she's just so she's just just so down, so hurt, and the whole time I was like, I was just asking God, like God, what am I supposed to do? what am I like am I going to have a healing and deliverance session with my sister in her room like what am I supposed to do like I have no idea how to minister to her and so many times right we go into situations we go into places and we encounter people that we have no idea how we're going to even minister to them all the tools all the gifts everything that we have maybe learned and wrote down in that very moment it's not really that applicable you know, we meet our friends that maybe have like they've never been Christian. They've never they've been just so against the gospel. Anytime they, you mention Jesus, they just shut off. But you can still tell that they're hurt and they're struggling with so many things. And it's like, but yet, how are we supposed to minister to those people? How are we supposed to love on them? How are we supposed to bring transformation? And that's what I was wrestling with. That's what I was grappling with when I was sitting there hearing the screaming music come from my sister's room. As I'm sitting in the living room watching like Talladega Nights or something, I was, I got to watch a lot of like American movies. It was like crazy. But okay, anyways, I'm sorry, I'm going all over the place. But anyways, and then it was so crazy because it was such a random moment, but all of a sudden I could see God just say, go into a room. Okay. So I go into the room and my sister's just laying there on her bed. And I don't know what to do. My sister's laying there on the bed like, Taylor, get up. I want to pray for you. (laughs) You know, get up. I want to prophesy over you. I couldn't do that. She was laying there. So what I did is I just laid there right beside her. And I just felt like God wanted me to tell her I loved her. And so I just put my hand on her and I just I just rubbed her back. She's laying there like this. And I just rubbed her back and I said, Taylor, you know what? I really love you. I love you a lot. And your family loves you. And. I was telling her, you know, Taylor, Taylor's her name. I was like, um, I didn't forget about you in this, in, in Korea. And she was just listening, listening. She didn't say anything back. And it was because like my mama told me earlier, she was like, you know, your little sister, whenever you see her, um, you tell her you love her. She'd have, she says nothing back and she never replies. And you have to like wrestle her to death to get her to say anything. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So every time I saw my sister, I'd like, she's like this tall, but she's like, she's like this tall and she's, she's so cute. She's cute as a button. But anyways, I saw her and every time I see her, I'd run up to her and I'd like hug her and like I'd kiss on her. And every time she'd be like, oh, get off of me. This is disgusting. 
But I kept doing that. And then I, when God told me to go into her room and I just laid there and was telling her I loved her and telling her I loved her, all of a sudden she started crying. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, Holy Spirit, God, you're here? Because I could sense it. God was so, the anointing in the room, it was so thick. And then I just, I gave her a hug. And as I gave her a hug, she just broke down and began to cry in my arms. And I just began to tell her how much God loved her. And not just how much God loved her, but how much her family loved her. And that she didn't have to fear rejection. And that, you know, those walls that she had up, they could come down now. And it was funny because I realized later that was prophecy. (laughs) But in the moment, I didn't know that. In the moment, it was just loving on her. And then she just began to cry and cry. And then as I began to talk, I was like, you know, Taylor, I want you to make a promise to me. She's like, what? (laughs) I want you to promise that you'll let us love you. She's like, okay. And then the rest of that time, the rest of the time I was home, she was drastically different. The rest of the time, it was so funny because after that, we were sitting there and like, it's kind of awkward after this moment. We're both sitting there and we're looking at each other. It's like, and I look over and I see a guitar sitting there on the, on the floor. And I'm like, when did you get a guitar? And she's like, oh, I, um, you know, Paul Paul is my grandma, my grandfather's name. So it's like, oh, Paul Paul gave it to me. I'm from the South. So, you know, don't make fun of my names. And she's like, Paul Paul gave it to me. I said, like, oh, really? Do you know how to play it? And she's like, no. And it was so funny because a year ago, I randomly learned how to play guitar. Like my roommate's Pastor John. And he's always sitting around just like worshiping the Lord. And I'm like, okay, I have to learn how to play guitar. And I learned how to play. And it was so funny because in that moment when I was at home, in that room, in that awkward moment with my sister, I taught her how to play guitar. And she was genuinely smiling the first time I'd seen her that entire trip. And it was so weird because it was just so natural, but God was in it. You know, God desires for you to bring transformation in a way that is natural. He desires for you to bring transformation and healing and deliverance to people in a way that is natural. It's not that you always have to walk down and you have to have all the pomp and circumstance and everything to to occur for you to bring transformation. He's already put his Holy Spirit in you. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. You know, even when you meet someone in your in your hogwan or even when you walk down the street and you just have a conversation with someone, even when you step out into Itaewon, your very presence is going to bring transformation. But you don't have to strive for it. You don't have to you don't have to. You know, memorize this many Bible verses or do this much Bible study or come to church this many times for you to bring transformation. He's already put his Holy Spirit in you. He's already anointed you from on high. So therefore, you can just do it just from who you are. Just from the place of relationship. 
You know, that was a, a big thing that God showed me was that the most powerful way that we transform people is not through this ministry. But it's through relationship. It's through just sitting with someone and just having a conversation with them. It's through just sitting with someone and just bringing light into their lives. You know, a couple other times I got a chance to I got a chance to meet with some form, with some disciples of mine that I discipled before I came to Korea three years ago. And it was so funny how God orchestrated everything because like, I had a chance to go to Chapel Hill where I went to school. And I was planning on just going there to have some like some good food, have some chicken. Um, I really like chicken. I've come to terms with it. I realized that saying I like chicken may like affirm some different stereotypes and stuff. But I don't care because I personally really enjoy chicken. It is like and I was just planning on going to Chapel Hill to have some chicken. But I ended up meeting meeting one of my disciples. And while I was there, I ended up meeting with one of my disciples and it was totally a God thing because as soon as I see him, he's like, it's so crazy that you're here right now because the past three weeks have been the most insane of my life. And I'm like, okay, no pressure, right? It's like, he's like, I'm so glad you're here. And it was so funny because I did not, I didn't, I didn't pray for him. I didn't do any of that. I just talked to him. I just asked him like our sister, Pastor Diana, she's so good at this. Like whenever she meets you, she just tilts her head to the side and she goes, how are you? And then as soon as she says that, you just spill out all your guts. You're like, I'm struggling with everything. I need help. And that was all it took. And I just said, you know, how, how are you? What's God doing in your life? And as he began to just share everything, I didn't, I don't even know if I, I quoted, I think I quoted a Bible verse here and there, but it was, it was just that I was there. And just relating to him, just spending time with him, that in that place, God allowed everything else to flow. You know, you look in the New Testament, most of the time when Jesus was walking around teaching or healing people or bringing breakthrough, he was usually just chilling. He was just walking from one place to another, right? You know, like if one, if somebody just stopped us on our trip, we would be like so annoyed, right? It's like you're headed, you're walking to Taco Bell. And so it's like, can you heal me? Sir, I'm trying to go to Taco Bell. But Jesus, Jesus was always just in a place of relationship with everyone he met. And because the spirit of the Lord was on him, he understood that he was just simply a carrier of the kingdom. So whenever he talked to someone, whenever he related to someone, the kingdom just flowed out of him naturally. He didn't have to strive for someone to get healed. He just laid his hands on them and bam, they were healed. He didn't have to, he didn't have to muster up all this courage to do anything. He just related to them. And from that place, it came. You know, God was teaching me about this a couple of days ago because, um, you know, just getting back, I was struggling a lot with jet lag and my, uh, and so like around 6 PM, I'm like out, I'm like totally like, Oh my goodness. And it was around 6 PM where I was like really tired and my roommate comes to me and he's like, Marcus, can you pray for me? You know, my shoulders all messed up. And I was, I was kind of annoyed. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. Don't judge me. I was just saying, I was like, Okay, I'll pray for you, you know, like, okay. And it's, God, I just pray that you would heal him. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm, hey, yo, this is all love, right? We're family. So, you know, when you're around family, you can just be yourself. And so I was God, I just pray that you would heal him. Remove the pain in Jesus' name. Amen. And then he goes, wow. 
I feel like it's like 80% better. So it's like 80% better. So I'm like, I got to pray for the other 20% now, I guess. God, I just pray that you would remove the other 20% in Jesus name. Amen. He said, bro, I think I'm hundred percent healed. Really? (laughs) Amen. You know, because I'd expect, you know, because so many times you expect that you got to muster up all this courage and muster up all this emotion and muster up all these things for, for the kingdom to flow out of you. But you're filled with it. You're filled with the spirit. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. We're not ponds, right? There's a, something that flows out of us. And so therefore it comes naturally. It comes without striving. You know, it's so funny. Jesus said, he said, you know, let your light shine before men that they would see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. He said, just let your light shine. Light naturally shines. You don't have to force light to shine. You know, anyone tried to force light to shine, it doesn't really work. You know, he just said, let your light shine and people will see the good deeds that come naturally from you shining. And then they will praise your father in heaven. It was funny. By the time I left, every single person in my family was like, they were totally transformed. Like, it, it was... My, and my mom was so like, she was so incognito about it. She would like try and orchestrate little times for me to like pray. She was like, everyone get in the room, get in the room right now. Marcus, pray for everyone. I was like, God, I pray that you would bless my family. <laughs> Cause we crazy. Amen. <laughs> you know, but even it was so, it was, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> It was actually really funny, though, because towards the end of my trip, I went to a, I had a chance to go to my best friend since I was eight years old. He got married, which was one of the main reasons I went back to America. And it was really cool because I ended up discipling his younger brother. His younger brother became a Christian. But his but my best friend since I was eight, he's not a Christian. He's never been a Christian, never been open to it. Just more like, you know, you do your, you do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. And we go to this wedding and. I'd say probably 90% of the people there weren't Christian. But so many people ended up coming up to me during the course of the wedding and the reception. And they're just like, you know, I know you're in Korea. And I, I, I think you're doing something good over there, right? You know what? That's awesome. I'm like, thanks. You're, you know Jesus? <laughs> you know? And then it was real cool because at, some, at one point, my roommate, my best friend and his fiance, they, they asked me to pray in their reception. So they asked me to get up and just pray for everyone at, at the wedding, just to pray a blessing prayer for the food. And I was like, so funny. It's like, y'all don't believe in Jesus, but you want me to pray grace. All right, I'm going to take this. <laughs> but it was so cool because even in that moment, you know, God was like, you know, Marcus, don't preach. Just, just bless them. Just bless them. Just bless them. Thank, thank me for bringing them together and just bless them. And so that's what I did. And I just thanked God for life and thanked God for what he had done, bringing them together. Thanked him for love. And, uh, and then at the end, so many people came up to me and they were all so blessed. And it had opened up. Many of them were like, you know what? I'm not, I don't really believe in this Jesus thing, but 
Man, your prayer speech message thing was great. And I realized I was so taken aback because I realized even in that moment, the kingdom was flowing out. Even in that moment, the kingdom was touching people. And that's what I believe. That's what God wants for each one of us. You know, our sister Anna Rowe over at Hillside, she has this like crazy testimony of one of her students getting saved. And it wasn't she led her student to Christ, but it wasn't that she was preaching the gospel during her lesson plan. It just flowed naturally. And I believe that what God wants to do here in Itaewon is not something that's going to necessarily come by us just all standing up at the top of exit one and preaching. But I believe it's just going to come as we just relate to people and we just allow the kingdom, allow that river of life to just flow. But there's there's a couple things that I think block us from from really letting our light shine. And it's sin shame and selfishness you know because these were i realized that for many of us sin comes in and it blocks us from really being the vessels of the kingdom sin is a stumbling block to the kingdom flowing out of your life you know even as i'm talking about transformation right now and talking about going anywhere and bringing transformation anywhere you go whether it's a bar or a club or whether it's at home with your family so many of us sometimes can take that and be like all right well that means that means pastor saying i can go to the club all right tomorrow night we going out you know not saying there's anything wrong with going out but i'm just saying that sometimes we can take this as a license to sin and then when we go into places we we're not bringing we're not vessels of transformation but rather what is there begins to transfer unto us. And that's because we haven't dealt with sin in our lives. And we've not dealt with, with things in our lives that we've been struggling with or, or a habitual sin that we haven't brought before God. And so it's very important that if, you, if you're struggling with any sin or you've, you've been struggling with any habitual secret sin, that you bring that out. You bring that to light and you bring that before God. Jesus said, well, it says in the Bible that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that means that we stand righteous. And that means that when we go, what we're going to do is going to be righteous. We're going to carry righteous acts naturally. But usually then once we don't deal with our sin, it, it usually brings us to shame. And shame is one of the biggest things that keeps us from being those vessels of the kingdom, from being those carriers everywhere we go. You know, it wasn't that I was struggling with any any secret sin or anything when I went home, but I realized that a part of me was struggling with shame. I realized I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed because I felt like I had left my family. Being there with my family, I felt like maybe I had deserted them or maybe I had I had done something wrong by following the call of God. And I, I carried this shame. I carried these lies of the enemy. I carried these different, these different shame that I was into that place. And then, so my immediate desire was to shut up. My immediate desire was not even to tell people about what God has been doing in my life. My immediate desire was to not even be a blessing. Because I was carrying so much shame. It's like, eh, how? And when sin comes in or when we carry shame, that's usually how we feel, right? I'm, I'm nothing. 
You know, I'm nothing. I'm still struggling with this. I'm still doing this. I'm not even worthy. I'm not even worthy to try and bless anyone. Who am I to talk to anyone about God, what God is doing in my life? Who am I to be a vessel of transformation? And that shame blocks us from, from touching other people. It can be, it doesn't have to be shame that's attached with sin, but it can be shame that's attached with just feeling like an orphan or feeling rejected. And so we go before people and we don't want to talk about what God's doing in our lives because we feel like we're powerless. We feel like, you know what, I'm not as anointed or I'm not as blessed as the next person next, the person next to me. But God says that there, there isn't any condemnation for us. That when we are in Christ Jesus and when we carry his power and his anointing, there isn't any condemnation. He's washed us clean and he's filled us with power from on high. Amen. Amen. So whenever you walk into a place, it, it says that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. That because God has filled us with his power, because God has set us apart, because he has blessed us, wherever we go and wherever we, whatever place we enter into, we can be bold. Because he's given us everything we need. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, we see that the prophet Jeremiah was filled with a lot of shame and, and, and a lot of condemnation. God had given him a task and he had appointed him to do something. And, but Jeremiah didn't want to go. Jeremiah felt like, you know what, I'm powerless, I'm young, I'm just a youth, and I cannot do it. But in that moment, God spoke to Jeremiah, and he said, you know what, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I had appointed you prophet to the nations. And when, when God spoke that to Jeremiah, and he said, Jeremiah, I have set you apart. Jeremiah, I have appointed you as a prophet. What God was saying was, Jeremiah, I have equipped you. Jeremiah, I say you're worthy. And not just that, Jeremiah, but even before you were born, I set you apart and I gave you everything you need to be a vessel of transformation. Even before you were born, Jeremiah, I gave you everything you need to carry my presence into the darkest places. To decree what I'm calling you to decree. To do what I'm calling you to do. Even before you were in your mother's womb. And God says that to you and I. Even before we were in our mother's womb, he set us apart to carry his power. Even before we were in his mother's womb, he carried us. He set us apart to carry his Holy Spirit, to be vessels, to be his witnesses. To bring his power, to bring his kingdom. And then the last thing I felt like God was showing me was that selfishness can get in the way. Because sometimes we're not struggling with sin or sometimes we're not even struggling with shame. But because we feel empty or because we, we are feeling these feelings of rejection or whatever the attacks the enemy throws at us, we begin to get focused on ourselves and focused on how we can get our nourishment. Fill me, touch me, bless me. You know, that was my mindset going back to, to North Carolina, you know. Fill me, touch me, bless me, give me some chicken. I want some, I want some, I want some American food. You know, I'm just going to have a good time. But there was a there was a point in time where God just really spoke to me and he just spoke to my spirit so clear. And he was just saying, Marcus. This isn't about you. I mean, it is about you, but it's not about you. I'm calling you to go out and to actually give. Rather than to just receive. 
Because when we go out and we go out with a selfless nature and we go out just to give and to give and to give. We'll see his kingdom just begin to flow. It was so crazy when I was walking in Chapel Hill, I was walking down the street and it, I had this funny story. Actually, whenever we first got home, I had thought that like, you know, living in Korea, I haven't I don't send money home to my U.S. account that often. So but I had thought I had money in my U.S. account. And then I went home and we go in this restaurant and we go in this restaurant. We sit down and we all ordered like water and iced tea, I think. And it's like the Holy Spirit told me, like, go check your bank account. I was like, go check my bank account. Okay. Go check my bank account. Ah! It's like four dollars. Ah! Uh, leave the restaurant. I called my mom and I was like, because I was going to treat them all. So they left all their wallets and stuff in, in the car. I was like, uh, I think you guys need to leave the restaurant. She's like, what? So leave the restaurant. So, oh, okay. So we, we left. It was whatever. We had a good laugh about it. We thought it was funny. But anyways, um, we were like, we almost ended up washing dishes. Um, but yeah, all I had was like four bucks to my name. And um, I don't know how I ended up having that four bucks cash at some point. But I ended up having four bucks cash when I was walking around in Chapel Hill. And when I was walking around in Chapel Hill, I walked by these two guys on the street. And as soon as I walked by these two homeless guys on the street, I felt like God was saying, give them what you have. And I was like, that's all I got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like all I got is four bucks, Lord. Like, what do you expect me to do? Like, you know, I can't even buy, you know, junior bacons with that. Like, come on, you know, I can't buy McDonald's with that. And, um, but I felt like God was like, just give it to them. And actually, you know, one of the clear, one of the biggest things and most important things actually about being a vessel of his kingdom is obedience. You don't have to strive for it. So many Christians, we mix up obedience with striving and we think being obedient is striving. It's not striving. Actually, obedience is just living in God's rest. And then when God speaks moving, you know, just staying in his presence and just resting with him. And then when you hear God speak, move. And the funny thing is, is if you're striving all the time, when God speaks, you're usually too busy striving to move when he wants you to move. Martha was striving so much that when God, when Jesus was speaking, she got, she got upset with Jesus. And she wasn't able to rest at his feet and do what he was wanting her to do. She didn't understand that true obedience is just learning how to rest and relax and be with God. And when you, when you're in that place with God. Then when he tells you to move, you're, you're rested up. You're fresh. You can just go and obey, and obey right in that moment. And that's what happened. I was walking and I, was, I just felt like I was in such a, I was resting. You know, I wasn't thinking about all the hundred Bible verses I needed to memorize or anything like that. I was just walking down the street and God says, give, give, them, your, give them what you have. Like, no, he said, give them what you have. Okay. And I gave it to them. And it was so funny. They both look at me and they're like, you know, bless you, brother, you know, and it was like, bless you, you know. And then I walked away and it was so funny because in that moment, like, I just felt like God was there in that place. But then it was so funny because a couple of days later, I'd found out that like someone had blessed me with so much more than what I'd given, you know, and, uh, it was so funny because God had immediately met my need. But it was only as I was obedient and just giving and being selfless. 
when we're selfish and we walk around and we're always thinking about how we can meet our own needs, how we can fill ourselves, how we can get filled. Beloved, that's striving. And that just leaves you tired and worn out and bitter. But when you're just walking with the Lord and you're just resting with him and you're just going with him as he tells you to go. Then you're able to just give and you're able to see his kingdom just flow naturally. The person I think about right now is Enoch, you know. Talk about Enoch. He walked with God. And then he was no more. You know, just walking with God and just being a vessel of his kingdom so much to the fact that when people look at you, you're no more. All they see is God. That you don't, you know, you bring your sin, you bring your shame, you bring those, this selfishness before the Lord. You just rest with him and relate with him and with his people around you. And it's from that place that you find that his kingdom will just flow. Beloved, we carry his, his presence. We carry it everywhere we go. Even when we don't realize it, we carry it. And we're transforming the people around us. Let's bow our heads.